Are you looking for a pair of sunglasses that are as about a good time as we are here at the corner booth? Well, look no further. Yeats official sunglasses are polarized, stylish, and fit any occasion. All of us here at the corner booth, we each got a pair. We're rocking right now in studio. You want yours? Go to yeatsofficial.com, promo code cornerbooth for 10% off, and get your pair now. My personal recommendation, the Aquas, always fly as hell. Enjoy it. Yeats Official, official sponsor of the Corner Booth Podcast. You are now in the Corner Booth Podcast, a sports podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here is your host, Jared Clinton. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this Corner Booth Podcast. I am your host, Jared Clem, alongside my amazing co-host, Matt Ordazzo. And joining us back again off his little hiatus, the rookie, Mason. We have a great show today. We have our top 10 Thanksgiving foods. Happy belated Thanksgiving to all of you. If you guys watched our Thanksgiving show, Mr. Ryan McCarthy, one hour gift card. I texted him today that I will either send you the gift card through the mail with a handwritten signature of mine, or I will send you a protocol because I'm fucking lazy. Depends on what I do. <laughs> like, and it's 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 only because like if I can find like a if I'm like at BJ's tomorrow, I look over and like gift cards like, oh they're on sale. Nice. Like, you know, far be it for me not to save a buck or two that I'm gonna spend on shipping. At that point I might as well just pay for the fucking thing. But I don't know. Either way, we have a great show today. We have a review of our holiday nine pack. Holy fuck, that was terrible. Matt kicked my ass. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a one minute, a one sentence game, a little slower than last. No, actually, no, we're gonna try to keep the pace up for the we did for the Thanksgiving show because the, the boys from high low kept us on our toes, Matt. Yeah, they 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 kept us on them. So did Mike Barlon in the comments saying, ah, Jared in the one sense runoff game. Um, and a World Cup check-in, Iran being a bunch of babies and everything else. So here we go. First off, Sunday football last night. I was in attendance, baby. Oh, my God. That game was amazing. Um, Eagles-Packers was all the fun it looked to be. Um, loud. A little wet. A lot of run the football. And um, a late Aaron Rodgers injury. To boot. So this is why I'm excited because the Eagles have Sunday football. So we're not going to talk about them in the one sentence game. So this is why it's that's my favorite part about this. Because that's like the one thing that annoys me is like when the Eagles in the one sentence game, I tend to ramble. Now I get an excuse because it's our Sunday nighter. So with that being said, this game was uh electric. A lot of offense. The Eagles, of course, a little banged up on defense. No Gardner Johnson, no uh Avante Maddox, no um, Jordan Davis. Aaron Rodgers and A.J. Dillon were getting after us a little bit. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Um, Rodgers looked sharp for the first three quarters. Uh, A.J. Dillon was running like a man on man possessed. and But there was one problem. The other side of the ball, their defense could not stop Philly. I think they stopped us twice. The entire Jalen game. Hurts ran all over them. He didn't even have to win the game so with his arm. Sanders, so did Bob. I think everybody who touched the ball last night had at least 30 yards rushing. Yeah, no, every single running back, even the quarterback, just fucking just ran it down their throats. They had no answer to the run game. It I'm was, actually trying to pull up the stats of the exact rushing total. I think he had a, they, they ran for 350 plus, according to Nick Sirianni in the press conference. 
So 363 total yards of just rushing attack. Insane. And they also passed mm-hmm. for almost 200 too. So yeah, they absolutely insane. Yeah, they had a they had over 500 and like 10 all-purpose yards. <clears throat> what makes the Eagles' offense so nasty? And buckle up, kids. I'm going to take you to school a little bit, all you listeners. I, I explained this to one of our uh, one of the guys who actually listens to the show today. Shout out to um to Luke, and uh, also to the kid at the front desk. Actually, no, it wasn't Luke who asked me. This was my it was kid at the front desk, Nick. He was asking me about. it. He goes, "Why don't they just QB spy Hurts?" And I'm like, "Listen, you can't QB spy Hurts because you take one of those safeties or linebackers out of the box. That's one guy who's single covered. So." Pick your poison. You want Quez Watkins, who runs a thousand miles an hour and is six foot two and can jump out of the building. You want Devontae Smith, who's a route technician, or you want AJ Brown, who, despite his fumbles, is the closest thing we've seen to TO in a long time. So, oh, and you add back Dallas Goddard, Miles Sanders, Kenny Gainwell, uh, and Boston Scott, who actually did something against not a team named the New York Giants, which is impressive. So, <clears throat> I will say this. It's hard to account for a quarterback who's mobile and has good field vision like Hurts. And when they're trying to make sure they don't want to get beat on the deep ball or beat over the middle by these receivers, it allows Hurts these running lanes, especially with those aggressive edge rushers they have. And it just goes to show you, it's another thing you cannot incorporate into the offense. And the fact the Eagles were able to run the ball effectively and push the pocket, where they definitely struggled against the Colts the week before, which also makes me very optimistic for the Colts game tonight. But... I will say this: the, the Eagles' offense was pumping on all cylinders. To put your uh, to put your rushing points into perspective, there was about thirty eight rushing attempts between Hertz and Sanders alone. Hertz was responsible for seventeen, and Sanders was responsible for the other twenty one, and three hundred total rushing yards between the two guys. Hertz was responsible for one hundred fifty seven, and Sanders had one hundred forty three. So it's just absolutely fucking insane to have. One, your quarterback rushed for 157 yards, and then to have your main running back answer that back with 143 of his own. That was a Justin Fields-type day for uh, Jalen Hurts on the ground, who, thankfully, I was down by 20 in fantasy. He gave me, like, 30. So now I have a 10-point lead against my opponent, who has Pat Fryermuth, and I have Jonathan Taylor left. There you go, buddy. And he's not playing the Eagles, so you might actually put up some decent points. (laughs) Dude, no, if, if I can just get, like, a touchdown from Jonathan Taylor, I could probably ice that. Oh, fuck, yeah. Um, I am fully, like, I am fully in this theory now that if the Eagles can get the run going against any team, their offense is almost, it's, like, it's more or less, can you keep up, like, the Pack? Like, I'll give the Packers all the credit in the world. They played, like, a 6-2, six 6-4 and two, six and four team. They are not the record. The Packers are a much better team. Aaron Rodgers looked sharp last night. Like th- that ball to Randall Cobb and the ball to Aaron Jones in the back of the end zone when he's on his on the move. You can't defend that. So what made it even better was that like Rodgers was at his A game, but what ended up getting him was the fact that that Packers O line is dog shit. <laughs> so if the Eagles were able to wrap up, uh, the Eagles were able to start getting after Dylan later in the game. I think that was the big key because once that happened, the the Packers offense started stalling. And besides that Christian Watson touchdown, I don't think they scored a single – they scored a, a point from halfway outside of the third quarter except for that one like 60-yard touchdown from uh, Watson, who, by the way, is a freak. You think he's fast on TV? Watch him run in person. It's, it, it's terrifying. It's like a cheetah. 
a six foot five cheetah. I swear I've never seen a guy run that fast in my life live. And I'm like, I, I've I've seen Deshaun Jackson play. I think Christian Watson might be faster in the open field. He's yeah, he's so, really starting to emerge. You know, he's he's starting to remind me of, and I'm not making this comparison. I'm saying with this the lankiness, the small school, the big the big jump ball ability, the the ridiculous speed. He reminds me a little bit of young Randy Moss. He's not he doesn't have Moss's aggressiveness, he doesn't have Moss's like swagger, but the freak athlete tendencies are there, which scares the fuck out of me if I'm, if I'm an NFC North fan. Because whether or not Rodgers stays or not, Jordan Love likes throwing him the ball. We clearly saw that yesterday. He was forcing some passes to Watson a little bit. If he keeps developing like this, Romeo Dobbs is a solid number two to them. Maybe you go get another receiver in the draft next year. Because the, the Packers hit on receivers. They just can't hit on a receiver outside in the first round. They just refuse to draft one that early. <clears throat> so that being said, Christian Watson's a freak. Packers are a good, a lot better team than the record, but it really just turned into the the more de- in depth and the more like I guess put together team one. That's really what it came down to. Yeah, Christian Watson is looking like he's going to be the next. Um, I would say most likely for Jordan Love because I know uh, Rodgers got that rib injury with the thumb injury he's also got, but he's looking like he could be the next Jordy Nelson for Jordan Love. I, I yeah, I mean like. Uh, with like Jordy Nelson, at least like it was like he just came out of nowhere. But like I'm watching this dude play, I'm like, the scariest thing I saw was that I'm looking at these dudes play, right? And I'm watch. I remember watching Watts in the draft back in April. I said, "Why is this kid not a first round pick?" I saw he's a little gun shy. The speed of the defense, everything else. Rogers didn't trust him. That's why he didn't put up a good, solid showing early. But then, like you, you see what he's doing now, and it's like he, he, like Marcus Zepps was playing great coverage on him on any other receiver. But this dude's got like Tyree killed to Sean Jackson, Quez Watkins speed. You, you're, Mike Wallace, you're not catching him in open field, mm-hmm. and that's like something you can't actually like prep for. You almost have to like treat it like Tyreek, where you just have to throw a safety over his hop, hope he gets over the top in time. I think the scary thing too is that we saw it took a couple years for Devontae Adams to develop into the number one for them, and it's looking like Christian Watson is just developing like right in the same year. So I'm actually excited to see what he's like <clears> the rest <throat> of the year to see what he's going to be like the start of next year with whoever's going to be quarterback. All these rookie receivers this year, even Burks had a decent game yesterday. Like Burks hey, is really coming into his own a lot. I'm actually very impressed. He's looking like actually a maybe not a first round pick, but a solid rookie receiver. Yeah, somebody probably told him to hit the inhaler before he goes out there. Hey, <sighs> But oh, any other no, thoughts on this game before we move on to Monday Night Football night? No, I uh bold prediction. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback for the Packers next year. I'll take that because I th- the only thing that's gonna make me hesitant about taking that money is that that contract is fucking ugly. It is. Correct you me can wrong find... here. Maybe Mason, maybe you or Matt knows this, but I thought it was like a forty million dollar buyout per year of dead cap if if they if they decide to terminate the contract. I'm I'm not sure with the buyout, Matt. I mean, 
One of y'all will look this up. I'd be happy to kill some time for it. But if my memory serves correctly, there's a huge dead cap buyout to get rid of the contract. So it's almost like they're stuck with him unless they somebody wants to eat this contract trade or restructure it. But I, I don't know, man. That's crazy. Yeah, it's saying three years, hundred fifty million and eight hundred fifteen thousand. So he's making fifty million point two hundred seventy one thousand a year. He's got one hundred fifty million in total guarantees. He's got one hundred one million at guaranteed at signing. Um, not potential out twenty twenty four two years hundred one million dollars. $24.4 million in dead cap if they try to buy him out in uh, 2024. Oh, my God. I don't even want what, – what would it be if he, they do it in 2023? That's the problem. Yeah, that doesn't say, but I think it's going to be a lot of money. Oh, dead, oh, my God. Dead cap, $99 million. Oh, my goodness. That's what, a third of their fucking salary cap? Holy shit. Oh, my goodness. Holy shit. <laughs> No, it's almost oh, half. Man. Yeah. They'd be a, literally a poverty franchise like the Raiders for the next like two years. I guess if they uh I don't know. I guess like so it looks like it's spread out. So like I don't know if this is if they bought him out at 2024, but it says he would earn two point two million in twenty twenty four, fifteen point eight million in twenty twenty five, and then another ten in twenty twenty six. I don't know if they just spaced his salary out like that to pay him off for the next couple of years. Says he's an unsure, he's an unrestricted free agent at 44 in 2025. But yeah, man, 2023 says cap hit 30 says cap hits 31.6 million and his dead cap is 99.7 mil. I um said this to um I think my I think my boy uh Jeff we on the way to the stadium. This is the worst case scenario for the Packers. Mm. Like this is like this is the nightmare. Like I think when like when Gundakuns went went to bed, he woke up. This is the fucking nightmare he heard. He's like, "Oh my god, Rogers is hurt. We suck. Jordan Love's playing okay. We need to move on, but we're sitting not we're sitting on looking down the barrel. Ninety million in dead cap. <clears throat> Everyone gave Philadelphia for the Wentz trade because that was what thirty six dead thirty six dead cap, and that was insane." We had to restructure everyone's deal from from Fletcher Cox all the way down to Jason Kelsey. <clears throat> and that's kill. I don't even know what the fuck ninety million. Ninety million, you just like you just you like bankrupt the season. Yeah, horrible. That's insane. They could probably find a quarterback needy, desperate team like to put my team out there. I mean, I think Joe Douglas is a smarter man than that, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets pulled the trigger on that kind of a contract, even with that, Aaron okay. Rodgers being forty. I see this scenario. You guys did it once with um, Brett Favre back in the day. <clears throat> Uh, so hear me out. I'll just kick my ass there, or else I can't breathe. I will say this, right? So let's say Mike White's decent going down the stretch, but he's not good. Like, let's say he's atrocious in the playoffs, like at, gets absolutely shit hammered. Like, they make the playoffs as the seventh seed. The defense keeps him in the ball game, and White's atrocious. But Zach Wilson is even worse than Carson Wentz. Like, he's a little disrespectful, little pissant, and they can't deal with it. <clears throat> they trade Wilson, and maybe so they try to get let Wilson go. They keep White as a backup, and they say, hey, Aaron, we'll take your contract, or at least we'll pay, we'll take 80% of it, Packers. Aaron gets to come to New York with 
Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, Denzel Mims, and Garrett Wilson is looking like a stud. And decent tight ends, great running backs, and a coach in Bob Sala who wants a lot, who breeds who good defense. If I'm Rodgers, I get to go to the New York. I get to go to New York. I mean, the only thing that might piss him off is the vaccination status, but that might be a hole in the ballgame. But if I'm Rodgers, that's a no-brainer. I'm cashing that. I'm being like, um, I'm dropping the no-trade clause. Please put me in the green and white. Thank you. Yeah, I, I I could definitely see that happening, even if it's only for one or two years. Um, I think I think right now this this is just a team where no GM has ever gotten the quarterback right in the draft. So it, I think it's just kind of time to just go trade for a veteran guy, get the get the you know the already established person. Like me personally, if I had to list my top three right now, I would have Lamar Jackson at the top. I'd then go maybe go call the Cardinals about Kyler Murray, and then I'd go look at Derek Carr. Just competent quarterback is all we need. We would have won. We would have won a lot of the games that we lost this year if we just had competent quarterback play and not a guy that was going nine for 22 for 77 yards. I mean, how would you feel about a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo, man? I wouldn't be upset. Um, I like Jimmy. I I don't want to – I think my thing is I don't want to commit to him for like five years because sure. I, I, I would love to keep Mike White as a backup and then get Jimmy so Mike White could step in if needed. Jimmy's not a bad quarterback, but I, I'd give him like two or three years just to see right. if he can get the job done. But, I mean, to be honest with you, I think I think we can all agree Jimmy Garoppolo would be the best quarterback the Jets have had since like Ryan Fitzpatrick's 2015 year or even like going back to like Mark Sanchez or Chad Pennington. I think Jimmy Garoppolo would be an immediate quarterback upgrade for the Jets. Yeah, I think kind of like you said, just a one or two year deal if Garoppolo is open to that, just to see what what he can do, right? I mean, they've got the offensive pieces in in New York with Brees Hall coming back next year and the defense is going to be good. So, I mean, why not, right? Yeah. If I... the other options, you know, if Lamar Jackson resigns or goes somewhere else or you can't make those other trades or Rogers stays in green Bay. I, I think Garoppolo would be, he'd be okay for, for one or two years. And maybe, maybe he sort of takes him over the, gets him over the, over the hill. Yeah. I think that's a, I think that's a really good option. I think he's a good fallback option. And he does, like I said, he definitely would be an upgrade over every quarterback that we've had anytime recently. And um, he comes with the experience. He's been to the playoffs. He's been to the championship games. He's been to the Super Bowls. So he comes with all that experience and knows how to get there and what you have to do to get there. And like you said, we have we have weapons on the team. So if we just had if we had a Jimmy Garoppolo type quarterback the entire year, we probably would have won more games than, you know, the ones that we already have. Or, you know, I think at least the last Pats game, if we had a competent quarterback, we could have taken that game. I I the first game was tough. I was either way. I think like this last game, if we had like Jimmy Garoppolo win, we probably could have put up another 10 or 15 points or so. But yeah, we'll see what happens. I think with the Jets, the biggest key is going to be how the season ends. Because if they fuck, if they still, I, I think they cannot go back to Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. He looked like fucking Anakin Skywalker at the end of Return uh, of Revenge of the Sith in that freak on that freaking sideline. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like put up and everything, like like all grunt, like all like like pouty and like whiny and just pissed off. And it's like, dude. You did this to yourself. Like there, there's no excuses here anymore. No, I honestly think he could have still been the quarterback for the team if he just took ownership at the press conference. If he just said, "Listen, this was on me. I, I, I let my team down. I should have played better." I think he would have still been the quarterback going into the week, 
And I think he would have won this game regardless. Like it was the Bears, so it was Trevor Simeon. I think any quarterback would have won this game for them. But um, yeah, I don't I don't anticipate Zach Wilson starting another game for the Jets unless Mike White gets injured or if for some reason they don't want to go to Flacco. But I don't see him playing another game this year unless some sort of catastrophe happens with White. Right. Yeah, next year is a different story, but I completely agree for this season. I mean, he could take he could take a leap over the summer and and preseason maybe he starts showing signs of life and he's getting better in the third year, but I think he's done for this year. Just cuz Mike White came in and and looks sharp. I mean, it's his job to lose now. Yeah. To me it's the to good me thing at least. And the thing is, he's he just took the same exact offensive scheme that Mike LaFour has been trying to run, and he just simplified it, and he made all the throws. And Zach Wilson was sometimes just trying to force some things in there. But um, the, the win-win situation is you you start the hot guy now, and then at the end of the year, if you want to trade Zach Wilson, at least he's still a young, you know, going to his third year next year. I think that's going to be pretty attractive for teams to want to, you know, get him in there as like a possible franchise guy. Definitely it'll be a lot more eye candy than Sam Darnold was to teams, but he could be a good trade piece. To- <clears throat> All right. Rick. Gentlemen, I think it's going to be, I think the Jets future is very bright. Giants were not, I'm not sure about, I think the Giants are holding the ball game. Before we get into one, one sentence game, and then we roll out of here with our six pack review and our top 10 list. Let's quickly talk about this Monday football game tonight, guys. We got Jeff Saturday's Colts rolling in, taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers in the Bay Oil can, Lucas Oil Stadium. What do you guys think tonight? What's the vibe? What are you guys think? So we're also going to do one special thing as a treat to you both. Um, and for the listeners at home, we're doing a live. I will put my money down for this. It's because I'm on a dead streak anyway. Might as well see if I can get some money out of this weekend. <clears throat> um. I'm doing a same game parlay for you, gentlemen. Uh, I have a parlay boost on it as well. The boys can help me pick it. So, gentlemen, who are we taking tonight? Who's winning this game? I'm taking the Colts. I need I need resounding. It needs a two out of two out of three to win to get the road. I'm um, I'm buying the hype with the Colts. Like I I see this big difference in the way the team's playing with Jeff Saturday at coach right now. Um, so I am also going to take the Colts with this one. I think their defense can contain Kenny Pickett. All righty. All right. I agree. Now, oh, sorry. Not Colts, Colts I'm, I'm rolling with you guys. I think the Steelers offense is very predictable. And if they can't run the ball and you make Pickett throw it, um, it's going to be a really good, really good game for the opposing team. So I'm rolling with Colts. All righty. Uh, two anytime touchdown scorers. Mason, who uh, you got? Doesn't matter which two team. anytime touchdown. I would probably have to go Najee, and then on the Colts, I guess Jonathan Taylor. Matt, um, I'm going Jonathan Taylor on the Colts, and I'm going George Pickens on the Steelers. Um, I think if you look into the history, I think every time Kenny Pickett started, he's at least gotten the ball to, to George Pickens. I think he's got at least two or three touchdowns back to back weeks. Better check that one, that one, but he's been a pretty hot target for him. I will say this to for my I guess I have the deciding vote here. I got I'm taking Jonathan Taylor as well. So that one's in the books. Um I'm taking I uh if you want it just to buy itself anytime touchdowns, throw Michael Pittman in there. Uh but I'm taking George Pickens for the simple reason that one Matt said too. 
the Colts have struggled against faster rec- receivers later in the game. Against Philadelphia, Quez Watkins was so open, he could have driven a truck through that hole. Um, <laughs> now Matt Ryan is not as mobile as uh, – no, Kenny Pickett's not as mobile as um, Hurts. He likes to scramble, but I don't think it's going to be the same issue. So, that being said, I will take um, George Pickens for the anytime. But I love the John Taylor pick. Good call to Najee. Because I guarantee Mason, what's going to happen is Najee's going to get like one of those like Mike Tolbert will fall into the end zone touchdowns later in the game. And I'm going to text you like, you know, I should just start listening to everyone else except myself more. All right, passing props. How many yards do you think Kenny Pickett's going to throw for tonight? That's uh, you can go I, I would I would have to say under 200. I just I don't see how. I just I, I don't really trust him. I think what is this is fourth or fifth game as their starting quarterback. I still okay. just don't really feel like he's very comfortable in the system. Um, he's a rookie. He's prone to make mistakes. I bet he throws a pick. I would have to say at the at the bare minimum under two hundred. I don't know what the what the line is or anything, but at least under two hundred. I would have to say. Do I touch any Matt Ryan passing lines where I avoid like the plague because of the rushing? I would not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't touch that one. John the tail rushing yards. I'm gonna. I'm my picks for eighty four over eighty four and a half. Anybody else say nay? <clears throat> what was this one, Jonathan Taylor? What? Any just Jonathan Taylor rushing yards over eighty four and a half at minus one thirty five. Yeah, I, I think that's a safe. Well, I shouldn't say safe. I think that's a very big possibility. In the middle of it. This, you know, the thing is, the Steelers' defense. If you just kind, if you kind of watch them, they, I feel like every week they kind of progressively just start to get slightly worse in the sense that they just keep letting points just add up on the board. They weren't as tough as they were in the beginning of the year, so I think it's, I think it's a harmless over to take for that rushing. Can you pick interception? Yes or no? Oh Oh my god! Yeah. Do I go with the two for plus three forty, or I just stay with one and get to go safe? Oh, go for the fucking two, man. Why not? I mean, it is my money, Matt. I... <laughs> <laughs> what are we throwing? Five bucks now? Uh, I'm throwing three. I'm being real cheap tonight. Yeah, you're throwing three dollars. Put the yeah, two tough, two interceptions. Two, two interceptions. All right. He'll have he'll have that by halftime. All right. Receiving props. Are we touching any receiving props tonight? I, I we already have Pickens pulling a touchdown. I'm going to take Michael Pittman Jr. over 65 receiving yards. Yeah. I like that one. My other one I think would have been a sleeper was to take the over on Pickens just because I know Kenny Pickett likes throwing his way. Oh, my God. Over 39 receiving yards from Pickens is 140. That's a freaking layup. Oh, yeah. Yeah, easy 40 yards he can get. This this parlay is getting crazy. Um, I kind of want to do an Alec Pierce receptions. I feel like that would actually be kind of a get. Oh, oh no, fuck that. No, plus at least three catches for two minus two thirty. That's not worth the money. No. Uh, d- d- uh, total sacks by the Colts. I'm gonna I say go at least crazy. two. I'm gonna say two. Yeah, I could. I could go for two. I wouldn't go anything higher than that. Just be safe. Or do I go for both combined teams? I go because TJ Watts back. Do I go for plus five total sacks in the game? Same odds. But I have I have the TJ Watt factor help me out. Yeah, you got that. The Colts offensive line is really good though. If you're going all in, why not? But yeah. I think that's that's, that's towing the line. That's towing the line there. Over yeah. five is is a little risky. 
You're only throwing three dollars down. Take, so I mean, I'm gonna take a TJ Watts sack. And I'm gonna take a uh Indianapolis Colts plus two sacks. Okay. That's not bad there. Oh my god, this parlay is insane. This is eighty thousand right now. What's three dollars going here? <laughs> um, well, I just did a hundred percent boost and on sixteen thousand odds. I put down three dollars. Payout four thousand eight hundred and three. If this hits, I'm sending you both a hundred bucks minimum. So like I'll send you both hundred fifty bucks. We're getting beers this weekend, boys. You heard it here first, folks. The corner booth parlay goes as follows: Colts money line, Jonathan Taylor touchdown, George Pickett's touchdown, Kenny Pickett under two hundred nineteen passing yards, over Jonathan Taylor eighty four and a half, two Kenny Pickett interceptions. 64 receiving yards from Michael Pittman, over 29 from Pickens, one P.J. Watt sack, two Colt sacks on a 100% profit boost. Should I drop any of them or should I let it ride? Dude, just let it ride, man. That's a big odd. If you were to drop anything, I'd say maybe the Colts inter- uh, sacks thing. But I think other than that, I mean, that's a fun thing to just think. You know, it's only $3 at the end of the day. Right. That's Only crazy. one that I feel shaky about is maybe the Pittman receptions. I know he's been throwing a lot to uh, Paris Campbell. So maybe maybe that kind of target share goes down for Pittman and, and maybe it kind of evens you know out with, with Paris Campbell. You know what? I'm, I'm learning from my mistakes. I, I'm, he, I'm here with you, Mason. So what I'm doing is I dropped it. It's still $2,000. Perfect. I, I I like it there. I think, the, I think like Matt said, the sacks thing is the only one that is that is a little questionable, but hey, why not let it roll? I've gotten I've gotten every parlay I've done that's come close has been burned on one receiver going on the under. Yeah, I don't think it's impossible either for them to get the two sacks anyways because it's a rookie quarterback. Sometimes they try and force some things in there, hold the ball too long, so I think it's very possible. I yeah, also love definitely. that we just did a whole Monday night preview through a gambling parlay. I think that's just real and in, in, inviting, gentlemen. That was good, that was good work. Good work. I'm, proud, one, I'm, proud, I'm proud of us. Two birds with one stone. We broke down the entire game based off of some DraftKings odds. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Like, I think DraftKings should call us up for, uh, for an affiliate deal because that was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Let's get – speaking of DraftKings and gambling, great transition, gentlemen. We're getting into this shit pack called the six-pack. Our holiday nine pack. I said pack three times. This sounds. I got to stop now. We had nine games, a possible eleven points. No, yeah, eleven points on the table. This hurt. Actually, no, I did my math wrong. Ten points on the table. Matt got eight. Eight. Wait, hold on. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Matt got nine points. His upset. He canceled out one of his wrong ones. I got five. Because <laughs> the fucking Bengals and the fucking Commanders screwed me. Also, Kelsey's dead to me for convincing me, talking me out of picking Michigan. <laughs> Any of the hilarious balls. ones you want to talk about there, Mason? I know you couldn't make it on Monday, last Monday, because of, uh, I'm assuming, traveling reasons or school reasons, so I did not get on your... I was like... He's probably got something important to do. He's not going to make it. It's okay. We'll survive. Traveling, yes. Holiday Same. weekend and uh, traveling, yes. 
Ah, uh, fair enough. Well, I will say this: the the biggest mother, the biggest what the fuck. We'll talk about college here. Is all the upsets? Can we just talk about that before we move on to uh, the one sentence game? Is we saw Clemson, Oregon, Ohio State all take gut shots. Now there is a really fucked up scenario that if TCU, Michigan, and USC don't hang on, the fucking Alabama Crimson Tide are going to get back in the playoff. And it's bullshit. Even even LSU was our saving grace. And those idiots found a way to lose to Texas A&M. The same team who almost lost to UMass. Yeah, that was bad. UMass isn't even considered a D1 team in my book. Oh man, shout out shout out to Tennessee for being the only team that didn't fucking get upset. They took care of business with Vanderbilt. Every other team, even Ole Miss lost to Mississippi State. Yeah. Crazy weekend yet again. And the fact of the matter is that Tennessee is behind Alabama, yet they beat Alabama. Hmm. That's such bullshit on so many fucking levels. NC State knocked off North Carolina in double overtime. <clears throat> I love that. I fucking hate the Tar Heels. <clears throat> in every sport but basketball. We've established this on the show. Um, right now, according to the AP poll, the final six, uh, the two teams looking out are Penn State at 10 and 2 and Tennessee at the seventh pick at 10 and 2 as well. Uh, Alabama at six at 10 and 2, Ohio State at five at 11 and 1, USC at four at 11 and 1, TCU at three at 12 and 0, Michigan at two at 12 and 0, and Georgia. You get the picture. So, my favorite part of this whole week was watching Clemson lose to Spencer Rattler with a cigar. I'm like, because especially after they whooped our ass last week, I was just like, <laughs> eat it, Dabo. <laughs> yeah, where is, I'm trying to find that one. Where yeah, Rattler smoking the go. cigar after throwing two picks, two really bad picks is just hilarious. I understand that it's their biggest game of the year and – Huge win for them. Huge win for for Coach Beamer, but um, just hilarious. I mean, that kid is just—he's a clown. So, yeah, DJ Ugalele was fucking dog shit. Yeah, I think I think the final line for DJ—I think he had eight completed passes, eight completions. Yep, just eight awful. completions off twenty-nine attempts for ninety-nine yards, one touchdown, one interception. Just terrible. I mean, just awful. QBR of 27.5. So, James, I got a a scenario that could throw a monkey wrench into into Alabama's – here's my scenario, right? LSU upsets Georgia in the championship game. Georgia still gets in because they're a one-loss team. LSU gets in because they're an automatic qualifier because they won the conference. TCU wins because it's it's fucking TCU. Uh, they're playing Kansas State, and when these two teams played a month and a half ago, I won some serious money on that weekend. So I might have to – hopefully that's my omen to win it again. Uh, and then we have USC-Utah. If USC pulls it out and so does TCU and LSU, that's a nightmare scenario. 
Like that that pushes Alabama back. Like they they have nowhere to go. So there are more scenarios that actually have Alabama not in the playoff. I just it we we know who we're rooting for this weekend, boys. I think that what what you have to root for if you want the current top four to get in is just all those teams to win. All those yeah. teams this weekend just win. And that, that's not that tall of a task. I mean, I think the only game that could that's maybe close to being upset is is the Big 12 championship. I mean, K-State played TCU probably what? Was that two months ago, a month and a half? That was my perfect week. And 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 when they played, K-State had their had their third string quarterback in. Um Martinez was out because of an injury, I think, like the week before. And then the the backup got hurt in the game. So, of course, TCU blows out the third stringer. But I, I personally think K-State could win that game. I don't know how you guys feel about it. I, that's the only game that I think there could be an upset. Um, I, You know, I look at that K-State game. The problem is they TCU found a way to keep Deuce Vaughn on the wraps. That's how they won the game. True. The biggest way to beat TCU is you keep Deuce in the backfield. And so my biggest thing with that game is if the, if TCU plays good ball control, they make the plays, they keep it simple, they will win. My biggest fuck up to this whole thing is USC. USC is, USC has always struggled with Utah. And to make things fucking worse... It's a Friday night game. Favorites in the Pac-12 never win on Fridays. It's a death sentence. I'm surprised Vegas didn't flip the line. I thought they were going to. So, right now, USC is like literally, we're all watching USC like, don't fuck this up. Don't fuck this up. Don't fuck this up. Because nobody outside of Tuscaloosa, no offense, and who, who didn't go to Alabama, Wants to see Bama get in on two losses. No offense to Bama, but like, didn't they almost? They almost lost to Ole Miss. Like, like, this is not a good team this year. This Bama team, they're a great team, but they're not a good Bama team. They're a great team, and for anybody other, this is a great season for anybody else. I know I'm gonna they're get. Just, they're not a playoff team. Plain and no, simple, their year. their best win is is uh, is four loss Ole Miss. Their best one is four loss Ole Miss. Um, they're not a playoff team. I think it's very simple. I personally kind of like that first scenario that you ran through where Georgia loses to LSU. I think the top four, if all of the other top four teams won, I think Georgia would get in at the four seed and everyone would just move up one. Um, LSU would be out, but it truly would just be so hilarious if Alabama somehow snuck in and of all the teams, they're the first two loss team to get in to the playoffs. It would just be a nightmare. I think next up, I think it's, it's going to be crazy. And by the way, Thursday is going to be fucking insane. That's going to be one of the best six packs of the year. I think we might just say fucking pick all the championship games. That's what we did last year. So I'm thinking maybe we just do that. Maybe we could try to get soon and get Kevin from the tailgate from tailgate on the quad on, and we'll just see if we can like really get after it. So, um, look forward for that, gentlemen. We got about maybe 25, 30 minutes left in the show. Let's try to bang out a really fast six pack. So Mason, because of Kelsey and DJ, the new rules are simple. 
You keep it. You try. You get one comma. One comma. No eagle. In like for Sunday football, we get literally one sentence, like ten words. So the, the shorter the better. This is more reminding myself than telling you guys. So that being said, here we go. Uh, Bills Lions. Josh Allen's elbow not shot, and neither are the Bills' chances. Neither are the Lions. The Lions look really good. Yeah, this was the uh, this was the Detroit Lions that I think we were all hoping to see at the start of the year. It was just a team that was going to be in it with every game that was going to have a lot more than four wins. Uh, credit to the Lions for covering the spread. Um, I had a feeling they were going to do that. Thankfully, I took that one. Um, but other than that, the Bills are still, in my opinion, just one of the top teams in the league to beat. Agreed. Allen looks great. They can't, you know, when a comeback win, another comeback win for the Bills took care of business. Um, and, and those are kind of the wins that sort of prepare you for the playoffs, right? Because you're not going to be blowing teams out like they have been in the regular season. You're not going to do that in the playoffs. Every single playoff game is going to be tight other than maybe the first round, which they probably end up picking up the bye, first round bye. So just a, another classic Josh Allen, you know, performance. Looked really, really sharp. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Giants and the Cowboys. I have nothing left to say to those dickheads from the Meadowlands. I mean that respectfully because y'all screwed my parlay before it even got off the tarmac. Never betting on the Giants again. They are now added to the list with ACC football teams and betting with the Raiders. Yeah, and, you know, neither neither quarterback really had that great of a game, um, but it just came down to just – I think. The Giants were, I mean, the Cowboys are just able to pack some points on towards the end. In my opinion, the Giants are just maybe an Odell Beckham signing away from being a, a, a legit contender again. Um, it's just receivers, the only thing hurting them, and that's what's going to keep them losing more games if they can't address that. To quote my good friend, Mr. Maserati, the Giants are not a, the Giants are a comparable quarterback away. But I see your point. Mason? Just kind of a boring game to me. I don't know how you guys felt about it. Um, not really too many explosive plays, just kind of running the ball, getting it into the red zone, and then trying to punch it in. Um, Cowboys look good. What can you say? Giants kind of look sort of like the team that we thought they were going to be. They started out the season hot, maybe kind of fizzling out now. Um, Cowboys look good. Well, there you go. Um, next up – the game Mason wants to forget, uh, uh, Patriots Vikings. Uh, I'll say this: Curdy finally got it done in prime time. Man, gave my dad a little Thanksgiving gift. I was banking on the fact that that Cousins was going to completely ghost on prime time like he typically does, and came out and and looked pretty sharp. Defense played suboptimal for for how good they've been this entire season. And the special teams just really kind of was the the story of the game. Giving up the kickoff return for a touchdown and then the running. I, I can't remember if it was running into the kicker, what the penalty was exactly, but that ended up handing the, John, or the, uh, the Vikings seven. And that ultimately lost us the game. I guess a positive from that was, though, was Mac Jones looked sharp. He really looked uh, good. Looked like the quarterback that we drafted in the first round and 
hopefully that's a performance that he can kind of build off. Yeah, I was just going to touch up on that one. Uh, Mac Jones, it, it's, you know, obviously me being a Jets fan, I'm, I'm happy to see them lose because it helps my team out with the wild card standings. But, I mean, you you want to see Mac Jones, like, play well if you're a Patriots fan. And it's exactly what he gave you was a really great game, 28 for 39, 382 yards and two touchdowns, clean game, uh, a game that they should have won. So my one little statement for this game will be controversy because that was obviously a Hunter Henry touchdown, which did cost them the game by that reversal. Like Jared said, just a forgettable game. Got to flush it. Uh, Bills on Thursday. Got to hope that that's a win. Otherwise, you're back to 500, and the schedule is not looking particularly easy coming up. So hopefully they can kind of build off that offensive performance and and get better. Also, shameless plug, uh, if you are looking forward to that Patriots-Bills game, Matt and I and a few special guests will be here Thursday, not only talking a pregame show for the Bills and Patriots as the corner with pregame is the premier pregame show from Bible Sports. We will also be talking Championship Sunday, our favorite six-pack, our, our another six-pack of bets, and much more. Be sure to check it out uh, 7 o'clock on our YouTube channel on Thursday. Um, next up, we are going all the way down to the nation's capital for that muddy crap show of a game. Commanders, Falcons. I I hate this. I, 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 I'm, all I'm going to say is the Falcons off the Falcons and the commanders are the same team with a couple bounces going either way. There you go. That's, that's my that's my oh, Russell Brian yeah. Robinson, shout out. Did you uh, see his uh, big his, hat. I love it. yeah, his giant hat? And he goes, oh, if you need a big hat, I know a guy that has a big hat company. It's just random. Uh, my my one little statement for this is that Ron Rivera should be fucking buying Taylor Heineke whatever he wants for Christmas because Taylor Heineke is what's going to keep Ron Rivera hired and in a job and that because he is no business right now in my opinion being the coach it's just the fact that Taylor Heineke is hot and they're winning games behind him and they're playing hard behind him that he's probably going to stick around next year but shout out to the commanders Taylor Heineke is fun to watch and the team loves to play behind him oh yeah spot on Matt completely agree Rivera should be fired Heineke is keeping him employed um, but but other than that, just besides the game-winning interception, very boring game, low scoring, um, crummy weather, so as to be expected. But, I mean, what what a total snooze fest, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, I won't blame the weather because the same storm affected two other football games that day. And the, Jet, the Eagles and the uh, Jets begged to differ on scoring. The Washington is just a terrible offensive team. Except for Brian Robinson doing his best, angry runs and pr- that fucking hit he put on on that on that swing pass was just brutal. I think the dude's spine hasn't been found on that field yet. All right, Buccaneers, Browns. This, yeah. I, I'm, I'll try not to laugh, man. You know what? Jacoby Brissett had his replacements moment, his Keanu Reeves moment. He knew. That he's getting replaced this week, and he went out in a blaze of glory for his team, knocking off the goat. Oh my god, this was poetry. That is my sentence. I love it. This was a 
I didn't even, I'll be honest with you, I didn't even get to watch the game. It's just the fact that this went into overtime and it was against the three, at the time, three and seven Browns. And Tom Brady dropped another one. And you know what's sad too is that they are still first in that division and they probably will still win the division even though they're five and six. You know what the worst part is? I think it's the first time uh, this may, we might have a 2019 Patriots scenario. Or tw- what, what was the year that they got curve stomped? I was 20, they, were by, they, they lost the Titans. They didn't get curve stomped, but they, they got beat. I think, I think we're going to have – Yeah, 2019. Okay, so if it all comes to stand-up, the only team – they may have the luck of playing like Dallas, which would be hysterical because that's the one team I know they can probably beat. My biggest thing is with them, they get Dallas, but then they're either getting Curdy or Jalen. A pissed-off Jalen Hurts who's still pissed off about getting knocked out last year or Curdy who's tired of the old man shit. So either way, it's gonna be a fun second round for the, if they can survive the Cowboys. But I think they were saying if the season were to end today, the Bucks would be playing the Cowboys, which would be hysterical because to old Tommy touchdown would have at least one more playoff win in him, <laughs> just to beat Dak. Yeah, on the game, crummy weather too. Um, Brady just kind of. Being uncharacteristic, but characteristic in terms of this season and not getting it done in crunch time when his team needed him to. Mike Evans looked really bad. Chris Godwin looked really good. Um, and, yeah, it's going to be hilarious when the Bucks sneak into the playoffs with, like, an 8-9 and nine record or, like, 7-10, and 10, winning the division and somehow get the Cowboys and beat them. I love how the NFC South instantly became like with a microwave, the NFC East of last the last three years. <laughs> it's like an easy bake oven. Ding, ding, up. Oh, it's changed. Now the, the NFC East looks like it could murder the entire NFL. <clears throat> um, Next up on the list, Titans, Bengals. I'll keep this one short because Samaji Pirine's that dude. He's got no neck, all beard, and touchdowns. Best fantasy pickup of the day for me. I think it's just a absolute catastrophe that Ryan Tannehill actually almost threw 300 yards and had no touchdowns. Um, Derrick Henry looked terrible, 38 yards rushing. Um, Derrick Henry, though, did have 79 yards receiving, but, I mean, like you no, said, Traylon Burks. Play. Yeah, Traylon Burks had uh, 70 yards receiving. I mean, the, the team itself didn't uh, – they didn't do terribly, but I mean, the Bengals just at the end of the day were the better team. Joe Burrow had a good game. P. Ryan, like you said, just burst it out in replace of Hig- of uh, Mixon and Jamar Chase, who because T. Higgins just put up seven for 114 and a touchdown. So, shout out to the Bengals, even though them winning drops us down to the seventh wild card. Yeah, that shit happens. But Bengals are getting hot at the right time, is kind of how I feel. Um, they're finally getting healthy. Seems like Burrow is kind of returning to that form that he was in last season. And I I sure – I would not want to play him first round or, or further in the playoffs because I think they could once again just kind of get hot and, um, and they can make another run in the playoffs. I will offer yeah. one thing before we move on is that – the way to beat the Bengals to get after them, and what did the Titans not do? They like I, I think they had what two total sacks or maybe one the entire game. Joe was sitting back in the pocket, letting it rip, and he was able to run, run, call, run, throw the ball, call audibles, make uh, package, uh, make um, blocking assignment shifts, all that stuff. 
and it was unimpeded. There was there was no pass rush. I, I watched half the game before I left for the tailgate. <laughs> I was just blown away because I kept switching back and forth between that one and the Washington game because I got really weird reception down there, I guess. But um, yeah, no, it was just it was unfortunate that like the Titans just were, they couldn't finish. That literally is the summary of their game. But um. Jets, Texans, I'm well, – listen, we can keep this one fucking short. Dolphins, Texans? It, it was – yeah. 30 to nothing at halftime, and the Dolphins basically took him out. Anybody else got yeah. anything? Yeah, I just – Kyle Allen is obviously no better than fucking long neck Davis Mills. Oh, um, and, and the only thing that – I mean, I think we all knew the Dolphins are going to win this game. The only thing that I learned from this game is that Miles Gaskins is still alive. I learned that Jason Sanders is a great fantasy kicker. <laughs> but yeah, Miles Gaskins just came out of nowhere at 17 yards. Just the fact that he's still breathing. I, I didn't hear anything about him since I drafted him last year. Yeah, Texans are a total mess. I don't even know what. Obviously, quarterback needs to improve. I don't even know how they improve. It feels like literally every single position. I guess Damian Pierce is good. But every other position is just like a complete and total mess, and it seems like they could do with just replacing everyone, including the head coach. I think Lovey Smith sucks. I think Lovey's just there to training wheels, Josh McCown. But conspiracy theories aside, the other thirty burger I saw of the AFC East, the Jets, Mike Thunder White or Mike Lightning White, whatever the fuck you want to call him. Mm-hmm. Matt, check out Matt's TikTok. It's posted on our um his account and ours. I also learned today, um, unless Zach Wilson is playing quarterback, start Garrett fucking Wilson. Um mm-hmm. or either that or I should just never play Garrett. Actually, no, Garrett Wilson has scored touchdowns when I've started him, so I won't make that curse up. I am going to start Garrett Wilson next week if Mike White plays again. Yeah, listen, Mike White's fun to watch play. Um I I like I was saying before on the on when we just started the show. I was I think Zach Wilson could have won this game, um, but Mike White's fun to watch play. He had a great game last year against the Bengals. I knew he was going to play really well this one, mostly because it's the Bears. But right now it's his team. the 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 team plays hard around him. He the thing that he does that Zach Wilson didn't do was he moves the ball around. He had ten different receivers catch a ball. He had he has a one two three four five six seven eight nine yep ten exactly ten different receivers caught at least one pass so he moved the ball around he even fed Elijah Moore a little bit got him a touchdown and Garrett Wilson had two touchdowns and like I said he's just fun to watch and I don't think Zach Wilson starts another game for this team unless Mike White gets injured or just has such a catastrophe end of the rest of the year um, but also shout out to Mike White he won me my parlay I took the over on his passing I took the over of three hundred yards. I took the over on Garrett Wilson's receiving, the two-plus touchdowns for Garrett Wilson, and I wound up walking away with 1400 off $10. So shout-out yeah, to my Yeah, no problem buying B some food tonight. <laughs> yeah, no. Celebrate. Yo, me and, at, uh, me, and, uh, me and Jeff were freaking out in the stands when you texted me that. We're like, let's go! Oh, I was I we, we were, I was laying down and I put it on. I was like, holy shit! I just won fourteen hundred. I thought I won three hundred. I was like, I just I looked at the bet. I was like, holy fuck! My absurd parlay that didn't have any reason to hit hit. So I was already looking at Black Friday TV deals. At a boy, go after, go get, or you know, maybe just uh, put that into a, uh, a Roth IRA to help pay her savings account, yeah. to help pay for the house. <laughs> That'll be something. That would be the capitalist way of doing things. Come on. No. All right. Um, 
Did you go, Mason, for this? I did not. I mean, I don't even know. It just sort of feels like we're talking about Panthers-Broncos. Mm-hmm. I mean, what what is Russell Wilson going to do? What is he going to do? I, I just – I think he should just retire. I mean, <laughs> We all saw Mr. the clip of Mr. Unlimited. Saw, right. We just saw I mean we all saw the clip of the, the I guess it was the nose tackle screaming at him on the sideline. And oh, my so it just was seems when like Brian Burns sacked him and then imitated his gun is all around me. Yeah. <laughs> that was the greatest sack celebration of the year. Spider-Man, Brian Burns, you're now my hero. That was fucking I, awesome. I I just I don't understand how Nathaniel Hackett still is his job. Cuz he can't I hack mean, it. True. Yeah, there you go. I just I mean, I know that that Russell Wilson is bad, but I mean, Hackett is equally the source of the issue, right? Like he's not a good coach. Even if they had a better quarterback, I just I don't see this team being better than I don't know, five or six wins, which is probably what they're gonna end up with uh this year anyway. So go figure. I mean the Broncos are terrible. When DJ had to help me host this show a few weeks back, I said to him, uh, hey, what, what, me and him played a game called Can You Fix This Team? I think, Matt, you helped us with this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and we went on this whole rant about who, how you fix the Broncos. My biggest solution was a nuclear bomb, but, I mean, <laughs> we'll just level the whole mountain and start over. You know, I mean, this is this is what happens when you try to microwave teams, right? You know, the Rams did it last year, but I mean, it, it's not as simple as just their soul for it. They're fucked. They're right. done. They're the dynasty's over. Donald's probably retiring, and McVay not may not be far behind. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that because I I have I've got some for the Rams, but I mean, it it just you can't do this. This is the NFL where where it just things don't happen overnight. You can't bring in a free agent quarterback who's not going to play in the preseason. You know, he's kind of going to be half there, half not in the summer in training camp. And then just expect to be one of the best teams in the league when you're already in the AFC West, which is one of the toughest divisions in the league. It just doesn't happen. Um, the Rams are a total outlier, as we all know, and and as we're coming to see now. But it just it doesn't happen overnight. That's that's the plain and simple reasoning behind why the Broncos are as terrible as they are. Oof. Bryce Perkins, 13 for 23 at 100 yards and then a one touchdown, two interceptions. But he had 44 rushing yards. Um, we're already the- jumping hard into that game. It's almost like we're not, we'll get there in a minute. Uh, Ravens, Jags. Let's talk about the most electric game last night. That was insane. How about Locked that? Uh, electric games like the whole four o'clock window is lit. There was some Jaguar safety, I think, that came out and said, like, he would literally like d- take a bullet for Doug Peterson. Like, he's like, he loves that guy. He that's how that mo- that's how St. Doug rolls, man. Yeah, listen, I, I, this is it's fun to watch. Sometimes it's fun to watch the Jaguars play and when they can beat teams like the Ravens, dropping them to seven and four. And now that division's wide open for them and the Bengals. But I mean, listen, it's fun to watch because the Jaguars are just that team that you like to see them do good. There's no, there's no harm in them, you know, affecting anybody's team really. But Doug Peterson, in my opinion, was just a coach that should have gotten a second chance. I think he just had a bad deal as last year in Philly. Trevor Lawrence is looking like he's playing a lot better under him. It's still yet to be seen if he's going to live up to the number one overall pick hype. 
But shout out to the Jaguars, yeah. man. They absolutely stunned the Ravens. The Ravens are starting to be the new Falcons, giving up all these leads. So they're yeah. starting to be the new choke artists of the league. Yeah, I mean, you're exactly right, Matt. You're exactly right. Um, I mean, you know, Miami, Buffalo, now the Jaguars, it just seems like I mean, the Ravens could have the same record as the Eagles. They could have mm-hmm. the same record as the Eagles if if they hold on to these leagues. And, and you know, the Miami loss, the the Buffalo loss, it just shows that they, they're capable of beating these very good teams, right? But I guess, you know, the defense is the issue. The defense – I mean, Lamar is working with what he's got. I mean, Mark Andrews is banged up. He doesn't really have a great WR1 at all. Um, and, I mean – uh, on the on the flip side, the Jaguars did this all without ETN. So, you know, I mean, what can you say if you're a Ravens fan, right? I mean, just an overall – I mean, it's got to make you sick. Got to make you completely sick that now you've seen this story, I guess, what, four four times this season now? Mm-hmm. Just terrible. Anybody see that tweet from that random guy on uh, Twitter that was like, oh, Lamar Jackson wants to – Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Dude. And we all saw the reply as well. Yeah. Hell? But Lamar I was just looking at him. I was looking at that tweet and I was like, why wouldn't you want the game to be in the hands of Justin Tucker? Justin Tucker is the most accurate kicker in NFL history and he's currently still active. I was like, he's he's the best kicker, in my opinion, in the entire league. And you know, he's definitely top three, in my opinion, of all time oh. kickers. But oh yeah. Um why wouldn't you want the game in that guy's hands? That's pretty much guaranteeing you a victory of any sort of field goal within the 60 yards. So, I don't know. I saw that tweet. I thought that was stupid. But. One other stat. You guys want to know a quarterback who hasn't played since week six who has more uh, touchdown passes than Russell Wilson? <laughs> Carson yeah, Wentz has right. 10 touchdown passes. Russell Wilson still has seven. Carson hasn't picked up a football since before Halloween. How many touchdowns did Cam Newton have that first year with the with the Patriots? Passing touchdowns. I don't remember what it was. Was it 10? Oh, boy. It was, 10. It was like 10. Was That, that would have see. been the COVID year, right? Yeah, yeah. I want to see if uh, Russell Wilson could even top that number if he's going to just stay under the 10. 10. 10 feels about right. I would probably give him about two or three more, maybe 12 or 13. But I feel like he I had mean, that, more rushing. Oh, had to have, had to have. Um, I think he – I mean, the offense was awful that year all the way around. But, yeah, that feels about right between that 12 to 10 range, something like that. We got Chargers Cardinals up next. Yeah, Chargers Cardinals. Sorry about that. I just had uh, something on my neck open up because I poked it the wrong way. Um, it's all a little scab. It's all good. Just bleeding everywhere. It's uh, <laughs> scars of the game, boys. All right. Um, rate. Uh, yeah. Sorry. No. Chargers Cardinals. How this game was twenty five twenty four is beyond me because av- all the reports I heard out of it was that oh. Oh, it's all the confusion all the on the sideline. I'm like, wait, I thought they only lost by one. What the hell happened? So I will say this about this freaking Cardinals team, man. Like, at a certain point, who do you blame? I won't even – we're not going to do a sentence for this one because I seriously need some answers. You guys are my counsel. Who do, I, who, who do you blame here? Is it Kyler or is it Cliff? You each have an answer. You each have two sentences. Explain to me why your answer. Matthew, what's your answer? Who do you blame here? I'm blaming Cliff because I think it's obvious that Kyler Murray is not 100% healthy and you're just throwing him in the game for 
no reason being four and eight, you're not in the playoffs anymore. You're not in that scenario. So I think they should just have Colt McCoy and just like have a Murray heal up. So I'm going to blame Cliff. Kyler's a fantastic player. We've all seen it over the year. We saw it at OU. We've seen it in his first few years in the NFL. I think Cliff has to go. I think he has to go. I mean, a lot of these losses have been close, and it just comes down to play calling, I think. And Kyler did say we are schematically fucked. Yeah. I mean, how do you, how do you, as an organization, when your franchise player, the best player you have on your team, on both sides of the ball, when he says that, how, how do you let the coach back into the building on Monday? How does how do you do that? I mean, because they're paying him a ton of money, obviously, and they're locked into his contract. But when, you're, when your best player says that, you, you know who the, who the issue is. So yeah. I think Kingsbury, maybe they wait it out for the rest of the year. Maybe they don't. I don't know. But he, I, I would be shocked if he is on the Cardinals sideline at the beginning of next season. I'd be shocked. So I'm going to offer you a monkey wrench. I think it's both their faults. Kyler is immature. He's too worried about his uh, his other ventures in sports. I'm not going to make any Call of Duty jokes here. Except maybe he's too worried about uh, the new Warzone dropping anything else. Um, where are we dropping, boys? Well, apparently the Cardinals record's dropping to the toilet. Um, oh, sorry, the, the dad jokes are coming in droves today. With Cliff, it's because their offense is basically drawn by a five-year-old. It's five plays with a bunch of improvisation, and fuck it, DeAndre's out there somewhere. It doesn't matter who you bring in a quarterback because they're going to look at Cliff Kingsbury like, dude, what the hell is this? It looks like my flag football playbook. <laughs> yeah, I, I like think there's definitely – yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Jer. No, that was it. I just was saying it looks like an adult league flag football team. So, like, at this point, I think it's both their faults. I think it was a match made in hell. I think the Cardinals gambled wrong. I think the only solution here is get rid of Cliff, give Kyler one more shot with a new coach. If that doesn't work, like he needs like a hard ass, almost like a Bruce Arians. That's yeah. who would be perfect for Kyler. Yeah. I think it would have been a perfect fit for him, would have been if John Harbaugh was going to go back into the NFL to put him on the Cardinals with Kyler Murray um, or Jim Harbaugh. But um, Jim Harbaugh fun. Kyler! Kyler! <laughs> yelling at him. <laughs> Uh, I, I think if I had to make a bold prediction, I think any quarterback, I think any coach getting fired at the end of this year is going to be Nathaniel Hackett and Cliff Kingsbury. And I think Josh McDaniels does enough to hold on for one more year. I would add Brandon Staley to that list personally, if the Chargers miss out on the playoffs, but that's another story. I agree, Jared. Kyler is definitely immature. Uh, this being his third year in the league now, um, I mean, you, you've got to be somewhat of a leader in the locker room for his just sort of his skill set, right? I mean, he's a, he's an extremely talented player, as we all know. He's and, and he's just got to be better. He simply has to be better. I don't know how how you change that because some guys are leaders, some aren't, right? And that's fine. We've we've seen Rodgers be a sort of non-leader and be, you know, immature in Green Bay for years now, and it's worked out fine for them. But um, I don't know where you go with the Cardinals. I think kind of like you said, bring in a new coach for next season, see if it works. If not, I mean, you're probably right. You got to just blow it up. All righty. Moving on to uh, I think the most entertaining game of the night then, other than the one I went to, uh, Raiders-Seahawks. My sense of this, Josh Jacobs is playing like he knows he's got a contract coming. 
I've never seen that man run that fast, even his years at Alabama. Like, the, uh, it's incredible. Isn't it insane how these players have these insanely breakout years and it just happens to be in their contract years every single time they do it? Um, yeah, then we're going to pay Josh Jacobs, and then he's going to be like Ezekiel Elliott, just fade out with injuries and everything like that. But I mean, y'all got uh, Bryce, Bryce, Bryce Hall. Y'all be good. Oh, yeah, no, I, I hope Reese Hall doesn't do like that when he gets paid. But, I mean, it was a Josh Jacobs game, 229 yards on the ground for two touchdowns, and he has 74 yards receiving on top of that with that 86-yard walk-off. Um, my statement for this is the Raiders are fun to watch. I wish they were 7-4, and four, not 4-7, four and seven, because I love watching the Raiders go win games and go to the playoffs. Um, and then it looks like Seattle. I think it's just, I think Seattle is coming down from that Geno Smith high. Yeah. They're getting a little more taste of reality because this is where they should have been. They should have been losing the games like this rather than winning games just off paper where they were supposed to be in the beginning of the year. Nobody had them winning the division or being in contention. But I think they're getting a little dose of reality. I think it, you know, the everything's going to start coming back down to earth for them. Fair. Mason. Yeah. Raiders, I am just, you know, Josh Jacobs is excellent, but, um, I think they're still just – they're very fraudulent to me. Um, I think Derek Carr is not good. And I, I don't understand how he can't get uh, Devontae Adams the ball. I don't get it. Um, Josh Jacobs is carrying. And, and kind of like what you said about Seattle, Matt, I feel like, yeah, they're, they're definitely going to start to come down from that – that really high peaking arc that they were on, you know, sort of at the beginning of the season, midway through the season. And maybe they still find a way into the playoffs, maybe as a wild card, because it's still definitely wide open in the NFC, but definitely one of those teams that I think is kind of ceilinged out. They've peaked out, right? Like, I, I don't think they're, you know, going to continue to get better, right? I don't, I don't see that happening. Gino, we know, we all know Geno Smith's abilities. Um, and, and we know exactly what we're getting with him. And I just, I don't see a way that they just like continue to pull off like the magic that they've, that they've had, you know, in the beginning of the season. My hot take is, um, I think, I think McDaniels is going to be fine. I know a lot of Raiders fans that are ready to just write him off. I think McDaniels and the new general manager are have to pretty much go and correct like Mike Mayock and John Gruden's mistakes right now. That defense is atrocious. You need to spruce up that defense major because Mike Mayock, one, was a terrible drafter and did not help that defense out in any means necessary. Look at all of his first-round picks that he's made since he's been a general manager and see who's still there in the last, like, three years. But, um, I, I, yeah, I, you got to give you got to give the Raiders another year or so with McDaniels to kind of get underway because they have a lot of cleaning up to do from their past GMs. And Derek Carr has seen like three or four different coaches or more in his time with them, so I think it's also time to give McDaniels a fresh fresh quarterback of his own pickings to work with. Send Derek Carr to the Jets; he would tear it up I, in, I, in New York. I I would listen. I would take Derek Carr right now. He's not flashy. He's not elite, but he is a very good quarterback that. Is has some good accuracy and he makes good throws and he can win you games. He can put numbers up and that's just what the Jets need. It's just somebody competent at that position. I've got it. Give the Jets, uh, give the Jets Derek Carr. Send Zach Wilson and like a third rounder to uh, the Raiders. If Zach Wilson doesn't pan out, he loses his job to their whoever they're taking at number three or four, whatever it is. So I'll even um, I'll even save the draft pick and offer them Zach Wilson and Denzel Mims. See what they want. Yeah, have a number two to go with uh, Devontae. Because Mims yeah. has the explosiveness. Just he doesn't really get the ball enough. 
Um, all right. Uh, we're going to try to speed run through these last two because we're already at uh, about an hour and ten right now. Um, we'll talk about this one quick because this game really was absolutely atrocious. By the way, update is 6 nothing. Uh, Steelers just hit a field goal. Matty Ice, our three interception. <laughs> Not surprising. There it is. We're back. We're back to reality, folks. Uh, speaking of reality, um, uh, the most boring game of the afternoon, uh, 49ers 13, Saints 0. Saints are booty cheeks. Their offense is terrible. Their defense isn't that good either, which makes me think the Niners offense kind of slowed down. They did lose Debo. Hope he's doing okay. But maybe we're overhyping the Niners a little bit. That is all I'm saying. Well, Jimmy Garoppolo is a perfect quarterback to have for a team like that where the defense is so good. All you need is a guy to just to make a couple good passes and that'll win them some games. Um, the, the Saints are just they're atrocious. They've got uh, they have they need a lot of things to figure out. They don't have a coach, in my opinion. They have no money and they need a quarterback. And that's not going to be easy to go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, completely agree. Saints yeah. are just they're they're just awful. They're awful in all facets of the game. Defense is Matt. terrible. Offense is terrible. Matt. They don't have a quarterback. Um, and, and the Niners, kind of like you said, Matt, seem like they're you know kind of coming down from the sky. Right, have really looked sharp since everyone's gotten healthy since they made the CMC trade, and I still think they're a, they're a dangerous team that could get a lot better. But it, it all depends on whether or not they can stay healthy. If they can stay healthy, could win the Super Bowl. If they don't, first-round exit maybe. Who knows? Fair. All right. Um, all right, Matt, what do you, what do you think? Uh, 49ers and uh, Saints, anything on this? Uh, no, nah, there's nothing more than what I've already added. That Saints are booty cheeks. Niners are – Good enough just to win the game. All right. We're going to let Mason take the floor here. Mason, Rams, Chiefs, the floor is yours. Yeah, I think it could have been a whole lot worse before I I get into the Rams stuff. Um, This game could have been – the margin of victory for the Chiefs could have been way bigger than it was because there were many – multiple red zone uh, trips for the Chiefs that resulted in – um, field goals or just turnovers where they went on went for it on fourth down. So this could have been a, a complete blowout. It already felt that way. But um, with the news that Allen Robinson has done for the year, Cooper Cup, as we already know, is done for the year. They don't have an answer at running back. They're switching between Cam Akers, Kyron Williams. Um, we don't know when Stafford's going to be back. Today's news is that uh, Aaron Donald is going to miss some time. It is all just crashing and burning for the LA Rams. Um, and, and it doesn't look good. They don't own first round draft picks for multiple years. Um, it, it, it is all just coming back down to earth for the Rams. And it is it is awesome. It is quite hilarious for the rest of us to watch and see. There you go. Honestly, so I'll say it like this quick. The Rams are paying the price for a microwave dynasty. It, it it comes down to simple as that. I think that um, when it really, you look at everything in total, they basically had this dynasty that was patchwork. Um, and it really came down to 
they got lucky. They played the worst AFC team possible for them to play in the Super Bowl last year. They play the Bills. They get lit up like a Christmas tree. They play the Chiefs. Mahomes has got two Super Bowls, and everyone's miserable. They play the Titans. Oh, that game will be ugly. <laughs> so the thing, it really came down to, they even play the Raiders last year. They're probably going to lose. So here's the thing. Actually, you know, the Raiders, 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 Rams would be a great game. Uh, last year's Raiders team. With big, bad Sal Passaccia. Um, so I, fuck, I fucking miss Sal, man. The Paisan. Like, he was the best for that team. Like, they played for that motherfucker. And Raiders man was like, I want Josh McDaniels. But, you know, I, I just, this this game was hysterical to me. And the, the Chiefs, honestly, were playing asleep. And they still kicked their ass, which is terrifying. Matt, anything to add? No, I mean, I, I think that's all kind of what we expected to happen when you have an undrafted free agent rookie playing quarterback against the Kansas City Chiefs. So I, I was not surprised at all about that performance. All righty. Um, we're going to do this a little abridged KB top 10 today because, you know, we're running out of time. Obviously, we went a little long on our one cent games and betting college football. So, fellas, we're going to name our 10 favorite Thanksgiving foods, no order. So we'll go around the three of us. We'll make them fast. And there you go. I'm going to start off with obviously the turkey. If it's done right, it's a goat shit. It's the reason it's the centerpiece. Two, uh, stuffing with sausage and bacon. You vegetarians can go walk away. It's all good. It's like my, my, my Southern grandma makes it the best. I, even my, my, uh, my, my, uh, my aunt's mom makes it amazing too. But gravy, number three. Good, well-done, non-store-bought turkey gravy is gasoline. It's the best thing ever. I love it. Um, four is any appetizer. Stuffed mushrooms, uh, shrimp cocktail, mini weenies, whatever. Some prosciutto, a little bit of a, a little bit of a, you know, smoked salami. Like the like the the, the charcuterie plate is underrated. Um, throw me in for my mom's Jack Daniel's sweet potato casserole. Brown sugar, Jack Daniels, and sweet potatoes. It is the goal, it is the nectar of the gods, man. I just had some leftovers the other day, and I'm like, I cannot believe I only ate one helping of this. Um, mac and cheese. My family don't make it, but some of the other families I've had a little Thanksgiving leftovers with do. If it's done correctly, mac and cheese is the goat. Um, obviously, rolls. An underrated green bean and onion casserole. We make ours a little more deconstructed where just a lot of onions, mushrooms, and green beans mixed together in a bowl with some you know, sauteed together. It's mint. So uh, that's that's my 10. My, uh, if I had to do a couple of honorable mentions, I'm doing cranberry sauce and candy DMs, especially the candy DMs with the mushrooms. Are they uh, mushrooms? The uh, marshmallows on top. 10, I'm going with the green bean casserole. I know everybody hates on it. I don't know. I, I fucking love a good green bean casserole. Some crispy onion strips on it. I fuck that thing up every single time on Thanksgiving. Number nine, like you were just mentioning, I got my charcuterie platter. My my family does a nice little spread right before we start eating everything. Nice just assortments of cheese crackers, prosciutto, some salami and everything like that. It's just, a, it's just an underrated appetizer. Um, I hate turkey. I despise turkey. I think it's disgusting. So number eight for me is the baked ham. I could fuck up a good baked ham, especially Italians. We do ham on Thanksgiving. We'll do ham on the Easter. Um, seven, sweet potato pie. Um Six, I got stuffing. So like Jared said, if you do it right, a little bit of like the bacon, the grease and everything like that, it's it's going to be amazing. Five, I got pumpkin pie. Um, 
Number four, mac and cheese. I only eat my fiance's mac and cheese. She makes it correct. She does it well. She does not use Ovita. She does not use shells. Um, but it's amazing mac and cheese. Three is any sort of pasta and sauce. Um, it's got to be a red sauce. And no matter what the pasta is, whether it's, it's Cavadeos, whether it's uh, Manigua, whether it's ravioli, pasta and sauce is underrated to me. Number two, um, my fiance's family does, does does things a little against tradition for Thanksgiving. We do chicken wings. So buffalo barbecue chicken wings, doesn't matter which kind it is. Her sister-in-law makes them really well. She bakes I'll them and they're it. still crispy. She bakes them and they're still crispy. And number one is the big curve ball. It's oxtail. Her family oxtail makes slaps. Oxtail is amazing. And her mother makes it in a phenomenal way as if you were just getting it right out of the uh, right out of a uh, to-go container from a takeout spot but oxtail for me is number one and if you've never had it it is literally like just soft fall off the bone brisket pretty much there you or go. Pork all right mason bring us home buddy yeah so nine i'm gonna agree with matt green beans any sort of green bean casserole anything like that very good Nine, I'm going to go with the candied yams or any sort of sweet potato kind of dish. Very good. Uh, seven, I'm going to have to go with probably, I think I would go with just sort of a mac and cheese. Doesn't really matter if it's uh, store-bought, if it's homemade, doesn't matter. Uh, five, or uh, sorry, six, I would go with, I know this isn't very common, but potatoes au gratin, very good. Um, good. four or sorry, five. I keep mixing up my numbers here. Uh, five, I would have to go with probably very rare that we do this, but we have done it on specific occasions is prime rib. Very good. You know, not really a Thanksgiving dish, but always if it's well done, very good. Uh, four got to go with the rolls. Um, some people, you know, have their specific brand that they get from the store. doesn't really matter to me. Always just a nice side. Uh, three, my mom makes this kind of like jalapeno corn uh, casserole type thing that's pretty good. Uh, really like that. Two, two and one are pretty basic. Two, I'm going with dressing. And one, uh, got to be turkey. For all of us Yankees over here, dressing is referring to uh, stuffing. Stuffing, gotcha. All right. We do it. We do it a little different. So hey, I know you Southerners do it a little different down there. I get you. <laughs> um, it's all good though. No, I like that. Um, my family. So like, we don't. I think the one thing about my family's Thanksgiving that annoys the hell out of me is like they will not break tradition. You, you don't bring mac and cheese. We have stuffing. I'm like, why the fuck not? Um, me, I, I'm like, I want to throw monkey wrench into shit. And the fact we do sausage bacon in our stuffing or dressing is great, but. My uncle does cook a mean ass turkey. It tastes amazing every fucking year. That gravy is mint. Uh, but the stuffed mushrooms is one thing like I look forward to every year. Mm. Like he makes the best sausage, a little bit of cheese, a little bit of breadcrumbs, uh, some garlic, and a little bit of basil. Mint. So, mm. all right, ladies and gentlemen, we, now that we got you hungry. Uh, we're out of here. Uh, currently, the Colts are trying to f my parlay up worse. Then Zach Wilson did to the uh, Jets uh, division playoff division winner hopes. So that being said, or any Cougar he can get a hold of. So that mm-hmm. being said, ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate you stopping by for myself, Mason, and Matt. We hope you have a great week. We'll catch you on Thursday for the corner of the pregame for Bills and Patriots. Check me on Sunday calling um 
Eagles Titans with former NFL tight end Ben Thorpe, courtesy of our friends over at Combat Deviants. My man Steve will also be there as well. Um, should be a good time. One o'clock Eastern. Hopefully, it's on our television up here. So I don't have to be double screening down in the basement trying to call the game. So, that being said, ladies and gentlemen, have a great week, and we will see you Thursday. Deuces. Hey guys, Jared. Thanks for checking out the Corner Booth Pod. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Corner Booth Pod. This podcast is brought to you by the Belly of Podcast Network.